Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2281, with the release date of Friday, July 16th, 2021, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. A giant ham retailer sets its sights on Florida. Success for the first ham youth summer camp in the Americas. And harvesting electricity from your body instead of a battery. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2281 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Charleston, West Virginia, here's Jim Damron in a TMW. Ham Radio Outlet, the nationwide amateur radio retailer in the U.S., has announced that its ongoing expansion plans will include a store in the state of Florida. The new store will join 12 already open in such states as California in the west, where the company is based, to Delaware in the east, Arizona and Texas in the south, and New Hampshire in the north. The company's announcement on social media set off a wave of speculation about the new location, especially on Instagram, where the company wrote, We're not telling yet. We're open to suggestions. The closest ham radio outlet to Florida is in Atlanta, Georgia. The company, which calls itself the world's largest supplier of amateur radio equipment, is also known for shipping internationally. In other business news, the Dayton Daily News reports that Sandy Mendelson, founder of the legendary Ohio Electronics retail store Mendelson's Liquidation Outlet, died on July 3rd at age 77. The downtown Dayton location, which was for decades a magnet for local and visiting hams, especially during hamvention, closed its doors in late 2019. Its eight-story building was sold to a Columbus, Ohio developer. The first youth ham radio summer camp in the Americas was a success. We hear some details from camp director and Newsline correspondent Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Youth on the Air Camp is off to a roaring start in suburban Cincinnati, Ohio. 23 campers arrived on Sunday and attended orientation. Tim Duffy, K3LR, was the keynote speaker. On Monday, the campers tried their hands at building a radio direction-finding receiver that they will use later in the week. They also learned about contesting and practiced with a pair of eyeball sprints. On one of the sprints, the adults joined in to provide QRM to make the sprint a bigger challenge. On Tuesday, campers learned about D-Star and ballooning. The campers successfully launched and recovered a large high-altitude balloon that reached over 100,000 feet in altitude. They also launched three other mid-altitude balloons with Whisper and APRS tracking. After enjoying a night of games, the camp proceeded to Kings Island Amusement Park for more team building and some VHF contesting. Thursday featured satellite operation and direction finding, and the camp ended on Friday with an antenna building contest. What made this camp different is that the youth are leading the sessions with a high amount of hands-on learning. The campers have been all smiles and are really enjoying using their ham radio skills. And the campers say... Reporting live from Yoda Camp, I'm Camp Director Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. We add our congratulations to Neil and the campers for their successful contact with astronauts aboard the ISS on Wednesday, July 14th. See it and hear it on YouTube. 
The link is available in the printed version of this week's script at arnewsline.org. If operating via satellite is as easy for you as stepping outside and pointing your antenna skyward to catch a pass, consider what hams in Switzerland are required to do. Ed Durant, DD5LP, explains. Switzerland's Amateur Radio Society, the USKA, is reminding hams that the nation's regulator, Ofcom, requires special permits to be requested by all amateurs who wish to use the geostationary ham radio satellite QL100. The regulator is charging 70 Swiss francs, the equivalent of about 76 US dollars. HAM's applications must contain all relevant information, including their location, so the regulator can keep track of all Swiss radio operators making use of the transponder on board the satellite. Transmitters are limited to a maximum output of 100 watts PEP on the satellite uplink in the frequency range between 2.4 and 2.41 gigahertz. Ofcom's biggest concern is the potential for interference in the 2.4 gigahertz band, which may be used license-free for industrial, scientific and medical purposes. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. There's little doubt that although he never held an amateur radio license, the late American comedian Red Skelton was quite a ham. Fans of his TV stage and film antics will attest to that. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, tells us about a special event that recently honored this Indiana native. Getting on the air to mark the 108th birthday of the late Red Skelton, special event station K9R exceeded its organizers' expectations. Operators called QRZ for nearly two weeks to end on Sunday, July 18th, and by the latest count before Newsline's deadline, the log was fast approaching more than 700 QSOs, both DX and domestic. The QRZ page was getting 400 hits per day. Organizer Mark Stephen Williams, K9GX, said this first-time activation was designed to coincide with a festival being held by the Red Skelton Museum of American Comedy in the comedian's hometown of Vincennes, Indiana. The museum is showcasing an exhibit called Airwave Anniversaries, spotlighting broadcast high points in his career. Mark said that when he spoke to the museum's director, Ann Pratt, about a possible activation, they both agreed the exhibit and the festival paired naturally with the special event. Ultimately, the ham bands themselves also hosted a kind of exhibit, one of memories. Listen to this personal memory from a very enthusiastic YL. QRZ, Kilowatt 9 Radio. K9R organizers said that while waiting to receive their QSL cards, hams who made contact are invited to upload pictures of themselves and their shacks to the Facebook page of the Red Skelton Museum of American Comedy. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM, proud to be one of the K9R operators. Hams in the UK have weighed in issues designed to help the IARU deal with changes facing its member societies. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, picks up the story from here. 
More than a thousand amateur radio operators in the UK have replied to the Radio Society of Great Britain's survey about ham radio's response to a changing world. The International Amateur Radio Union is looking to address ways in which national societies can boost membership and support ham radio's growth. The RSGB was one of a number of national societies to invite amateurs to voice their opinions on various issues. Concerns included threats, opportunities, weaknesses and strengths of amateur radio. HAMS took the survey in May throughout the UK and Crown Dependencies. A summary of the responses will be published in Radcom magazine and would also appear on the RSGB website at rsgb.org forward slash survey. IARU Region 1 will be holding its general conference workshop in October in Serbia. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Bucci for NJH. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K6PVR repeater in Ventura, California, on Sundays at 6 p.m. local time. Imagine powering your own portable station simply by using your body instead of a battery. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, tells us about some research in Israel that makes that sound more real than you may think. Researchers call it piezoelectricity and it's been around for a while. The accumulation of electrical charges from solid materials is actually not a new concept, at least in the lab. Now researchers at Tel Aviv University believe this nanotechnology will one day be able to power medical devices, such as pacemakers, by transforming the body's mechanical movements into electricity. Now that's because they've discovered a way to do this using materials that are non-toxic, making them safe for implantation into the body. The research was published recently in the journal Nature Communications. Now the time has come for this to be tried out on humans. The lead researcher, Professor A. Wood Garzett, said the practical applications extend beyond medicine. He said the device could also power streetlights simply by being placed on the road to capture energy from tyre movement. We hams, of course, will be watching and waiting for results of this new development in green energy. For those of us who operate portable or mobile, it certainly puts all kinds of possibilities for power in motion. From Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. In Europe, it's all about amplitude modulation for some amateurs. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us about an event celebrating this respected mode. The Amplitude Modulation Amateur Radio Society is a newly formed group, but the mode it celebrates has been around for quite some time. It's the original voice mode on the amateur radio bands. The Society is joining with AM Amateur Radio Europe to host the summer AMQSO party, which is happening from the 16th to the 18th of July. The AMQSO party organisers said on their website that although this is not a contest, there will be certificates awarded for points earned. The main purpose of the event is to encourage QSOs and conversation. Hams are expected to be operating on the AM portions of 160, 80, 40, 20, 15, 12 and 10 metres. A hopeful sentiment on the website adds, quote, Fingers crossed that propagation allows us to use the higher bands for longer distance QSOs around Europe and even further afield. 
End of quote. Details can be found on Facebook by searching for AM Amateur Radio Europe. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. When you're a ham with something big to celebrate, there's only one right way to start the festivities. Turn on the rig and get on the air. Ed Durant, DD5LP, introduces us to some hams in Finland who are doing just that. Hams in Finland have two reasons to celebrate. Not only is the Finnish Amateur Radio League, SRAL, halfway through marking its centennial year, but COVID-19 domestic restrictions have been relaxed throughout the country. In an organised event lasting through to the end of the year, hams are activating in a number of amateur radio carnivals, turning the HF bands into one massive party. The call signs include OF2HQ and OF0HQ, which are being used by a dozen hams on both CW and SSB. OF0HQ is being operated from the Arland Islands archipelago where three HF superstations are located. Other call signs taking part are OH100 SRAL, the official SRAL Centennial Jubilee Station, and OH2A, the SRAL Headquarters Station in Helsinki. The Finnish Signal Corps will be using the call sign OI3A. X. Carnival contact logs should be sent to OF9X at SRAL.FI in January 2022. There's a touch of Christmas spirit in the celebration, by the way. Santa Claus himself will be signing the OHNL100 certificate given to hams who score 1,000 points. The top 10 continental highest scorers can also count on Santa's signature. The Finnish call sign OF9X has traditionally been the Santa Claus call used during the holiday season. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. In the world of DX, be listening for members of the international group known as the Slow Morse Code Club, which is celebrating its first anniversary. They'll be using CW and the special call sign TM1SMC for France, GB1SMC for England, and EI1SMC for Ireland. The anniversary event will be on the air between July 17 and July 25th. The call sign TM1SMC will also be using SSB. QSL cards will be sent via the Bureau. Send your QSL cards and SWL reports to F4IIQ. Visit the QRZ page of TM1SMC for more details. Be listening for Brian, GW4DVB, active as J88PI from Palm Island, also known as Prune Island, in the St. Vincent and the Grenadines Island group between July 24th and August 1st. He'll be on the air holiday style on 40, 20, 17, 15, 10, and 6 meters using CW, SSB, SSTV, and FT8. Send QSLs to his home call only. The Swalbard de-expedition team has been joined by Rune, LA7THA, as the operators get ready for activation between July 21st and July 26th. They'll be using the call sign JW0W. Send QSLs to QSL Manager Charles, M0OXO, through OQRS, direct or via the Bureau. The full log will be uploaded to Logbook of the World. John, KL2A, will be active from Anchorage, Alaska throughout July on 160 through 6 meters using mainly CW and possibly FT8. Send QSLs to P.O. Box 924, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, 83816 in the U.S. 
Members of the Bulgarian Radio Club, Blagovesnik LZ1KCP, are honoring yet another of the Orthodox saints during July. They will be using the call sign LZ950TM. This is part of a year-long activity toward the All Saints 2021 Award. Send QSLs via the Bureau or direct to LZ1KCP. For more details about the awards, visit the website at www.LZ1KCP.com. August special event will have the call sign LZ363ER. For our final story, we ask, what's better than being in a ham radio family? How about having your identical twin right beside you in the shack for going on eight decades? Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, introduces us to these two YLs. Janet Rabadou, K0JE, and her sister, Janice Rabadou, K0JA, are the real Minnesota twins. Their kind of teamwork has nothing to do with the American pro baseball team by the same name in their home state. Their teamwork reflects more on the sisterhood of a pair of Midwestern YLs who are not just identical twins, but amateur radio operators. Being 86 means Janet and Janice have become DXers through life itself. At one time or another during their eight decades on the planet, they have engaged in canoe racing, competitive bowling, wildflower photography, and adventure travel to every U.S. state except Hawaii. They've taken part in volunteer efforts close to home and in enviable DX locations such as Indonesia and Tonga. They've also traveled to visit ham friends for eyeball QSOs in New Zealand and Australia. They have long since sold their recreational vehicle, their ice skates, and their snowshoes, and have stopped climbing their 65-foot tower outside their home 11 years ago, but they're still game for a good hunt. At the home QTH, they've chased national park radio operators while using CW and SSB. They also hunt and pounce the big DX with the help of 1,000 watts of power and an antenna they rotate to pull their quarry in. Their station log may be filled with countless QSOs, but as they told the Star Tribune newspaper, it's the blank pages they're focusing on now. Janet said, quote, we always want to get more countries, end quote. Outside the front door in their garden, where the sisters' steel tower stands, possibilities still grow abundantly amid flowering annuals. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. With thanks to AM Amateur Radio Europe, Amateur News Weekly, the ARRL, CQ Magazine, David Beer, K7DB, Dayton Daily News, DXWorld.net, IARU, Finnish Amateur Radio League, Ham Radio Outlet, QRZ.com, Mark Stephen Williams, K9GX, Radio Society of Great Britain, The Star Tribune Newspaper, Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, The Times of Israel, USKA, WTWW Shortwave, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. Write to us at Newsline at arnewsline.org. For more information or to support us, visit our official website, arnewsline.org. Be sure to follow some of these stories as they get a more in-depth look on the YouTube channel of 100 Watts and a Wire. Search for the video segment with the title, Two Stories. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Jim Dameron, NATMW in Charleston, West Virginia, saying 73. And as always, we Thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021, all rights reserved.